Hey there, welcome to Not Your Ordinary Girl, a podcast for professionals looking to find their voice, define their brand, and maximize their impact. Episodes are a collection of lessons from real life, interviews with people doing incredible things, tips and tools to get you on your way to realizing your infinite career possibilities. Hey there. So I wanted to start today talking a little bit about a big change that you might have seen when you downloaded this week's episode. You might have seen that the podcast has a new cover, and I put that up this week just to try and slowly transition everybody over. January of 2020, we'll start our season two, super exciting, and one of the feedback pieces that I got throughout the year was that unless you knew to look for the podcast specifically by name, either by Not Your Ordinary Girl or by my name, Kelly Featheringham, you would not know that it was specifically for career advice, leadership development, all of the different fun things that we talked about throughout the year. So I looked at different ways to update the name of the podcast for season two so that it would be easier to search on your podcasting platforms. So we're gonna go with Building Your Best Career. I'm super excited about the new title and the new cover art. I am told that it should transition smoothly and everybody's subscriptions should just show up without any issues starting in January with the new episodes once I change the actual name. If you'll see now, you'll notice that the cover has changed but I haven't changed the name. I'm a little bit nervous to do this because again, Your subscription should carry over, but as I've seen with all of this fun technology that we use for podcasting, not everything goes off without a hitch. I'm sure a lot of that is user error on my part as I'm learning, but if you are not able to see the first episode, we will be continuing. They drop every Tuesday, so if you don't see one in your list on Tuesday, January 7th, please go ahead and give a search to Building Your Best Career and resubscribe to Season 2. The topics are going to be similar this year. We're going to continue with some leadership development, some career advice, some training, some interview tips, all kinds of different things. I'm also looking to add interviews this year, and I would love to start with listeners. So if you are out there and you would love to be a guest on the podcast one week, please drop me a line at kelly at kellyfeatheringham.com and let me know that you'd be interested in being a guest. And you could talk about pretty much anything related to your career. If you have a a big win that you wanted to share or a frustration or trials and tribulations that you've been having some struggles with and you want to discuss them, we can do that through the podcast as well. Like I said, I'd, I'd love to start the interview series with some of the listeners, but that's on the agenda for this coming year as well. So just to recap, starting off here, we are going to launch season two in 2020. It'll be called Building Your Best Career. And when the new year starts, January 7th episode will be listed under that. One other thing that I want to ask each and every one of you in changing the name, as I mentioned, this is to try and make it a little bit more searchable in general for career topics on the podcast platforms. The other thing that makes it so much more searchable based on all of the algorithms that they use, the number of ratings that you get. So however many ratings where you just drop the 
three stars, four stars, five stars, whatever it is that you do, however many people do that is the number of ratings that the podcast has. And the more ratings that I have, the easier to search it is. When people type in career, it pushes me up higher on the list. So I'd love it if you would just take a minute. You don't even have to go in and write a review. Just if you would go in and take a minute and drop some stars on there and and put a rating in so that I can move the podcast up a little bit higher in the rating so that it'll be easier for other folks to hear the different things that we're talking about week after week. Thank you so much. One other thing that I want to talk about before we get started today is you might have wondered why I came up with that title, Building Your Best Career, and it's basically in line with my new workshop that's going to be launching also in January on Thursday, January 9th. It's called Building Your Best Career. And it's basically a free workshop to talk about all of the tools that you need to really get yourself lined up in a great space. And I wanted to launch this actually, it's been just about finished for about three weeks now, but given that it's the holidays, it's the end of the year, I feel like everybody gets excited in January to set new goals, set new objectives, make your resolutions, however it is you start your new year. I wanted to be able to launch it at a time when folks were really dedicated to putting their best foot forward and getting things off to a great start. So Thursday, January 9th, I'll be launching the Building Your Best Career workshop. You can go to buildingyourbestcareer.com and sign up so that you'll get a reminder and you'll get all the information. So I hope to see you all at the online workshop. But like I said, go on over to buildingyourbestcareer.com, sign up, and all of the information will come to your inbox and then you can join us on the 9th. All right, so let's get started today. I wanted to talk a little bit about delegation. I thought this was a great time of year to talk about it because I'm finding even in my own life outside of work, sometimes delegating can be a challenge. That may just be my type A personality. I know there's a lot of you like me out there. It's really hard to let go of things that we want done right. And as leaders and managers, it's really important that we learn to delegate not just effectively, but efficiently, because our time is very valuable. And whether we're talking about things inside the office or outside the office, if we consistently insist that we're the only ones that can get it done and get it done correctly, then we're really bogging ourselves down in so many different ways that we could be freeing up some of our time to really focus on our own advancement and our own enrichment and our own growth. At the same time, whomever we're delegating to, we're offering them the opportunity for their own personal enrichment and growth. So that's the topic for today is delegation. So it's interesting. I've known someone for years. I worked with them for a while, and we've had this never-ending debate about the balance of delegating versus having to pull that back, whatever it is we handed out to subordinates or colleagues, and then have to do the rework and fix it and then add to our plate even more. So I understand the argument that I know how it needs to be done, I do it the best way, therefore it's so much more time consuming for me to just hand it off. And I completely agree with this. But 
The challenge there is that, again, you are doing the same thing over and over and over again, and you're not allowing yourself to grow and learn and take on new responsibilities because your plate is full of these other things that you have to do all of the time that you've been doing. So if you have folks that you can delegate some of your responsibilities to so that you can focus on gathering other responsibilities as you move up the ladder, it is best for both you and that person. Think about when you first started your career and you went to the office and you looked around and everybody seemed super busy and they would give you some menial tasks, go and clean up a PowerPoint deck, go and write this email, go and research this, go and read about that. And all you wanted to do was roll up your sleeves and get to work, right? And I, I can remember this. I can remember looking around and being like, well, when am I going to get those tasks? Because those seem interesting. I feel like I would do those well. I could learn something from that. It would give me a better perspective of what's going on in the organization if I understood all of the moving parts instead of being stuck in this little corner here, editing small things or developing this other thing over here. And none of it really seems to pull together. I would argue that probably at that point in time, at least in my career, my supervisors at the time did not have a level of trust in me and didn't want to provide me the opportunity, not because they were necessarily trying to stunt my growth or be selfish, just because they had that mentality that I developed over time as well. That if I delegate this to this new or junior person, I'm going to have to do it again. It's just going to take time. There may be a confrontation because they may do a terrible job and I'm going to have to tell them that they do a terrible job. So it's just easier for me to keep it all on my plate and do it myself. I found that I really had to constantly go and ask for opportunities over and over again. Why don't you let me help you with this? How can I help you with this? I've already drafted this for you because I noticed we do it every week. I thought maybe I could take a stab at it to take it off your plate this week. You seem really busy, right? So by kind of leaning forward a little bit and offering to do these things over and over, junior staff are trying to let you know, hey, I need a shot at this. I can do this. And if they're not, then perhaps they should be listening to this podcast because they should be. If you want to grow in your career and move up and demonstrate that you add value and you can help out, then inserting yourself in small ways. And obviously, I'm not talking about the boss has a huge thing coming up and you just decide all of a sudden to spend half of your week working on it and creating your own version of whatever it is they're working on to save them the effort. Meanwhile, you're leaving your other responsibilities behind. I'm not talking about that. But if there are little things that you know are done on a regular basis that you could help take off your boss's plate, perhaps it's an agenda for a weekly meeting and they always spend time doing it. That is not a senior leadership kind of task, right? You can consult them and find out if there's anything additional they want to add to the agenda. But that's a very junior task. So if your boss is writing their own agenda for their meetings every week and it's just a simple format that you've seen week after week, take a stab at it. Draft it up. Go into their office and say, hey, I had some free time today. I really wanted to try and help you out. I noticed you're really busy. I took a stab at this draft. If there's other things you want me to add or any things that I can do a little bit differently, I'd love to take this off your plate and take it on as my responsibility. It shows initiative. It shows that you're helping them out. And it also shows that you're not necessarily trying to step on their toes because you're taking some big fancy project from them. You're helping them with the 
the menial project, if you will. It's just the little things that they have to do that has to come off their plate, which they probably should have been delegating to you already. But again, sometimes we get very attached to some of these little things that we do. Now, I'm not saying that that's definitely going to get transitioned to you and it's going to be your project. Like I said, some folks get very attached to little tasks for whatever reason. Maybe they like the the stylistic or the creativity of making their agenda and that's just kind of their favorite thing to do on the week because it's mindless and they can do it perhaps but perhaps it's something that has just become ingrained that they do week after week and they hadn't even thought about delegating it to you yet and now you have just demonstrated to them again that you've taken initiative to step in you've done a good job in drafting the agenda and now this is becoming your responsibility who knows what that 5, 10, 30 minutes frees up for your boss? Perhaps that means they get out of work at a reasonable hour that day and gets to go and see their kid play sports after school or something like that, right? We have no idea what little help we can provide can mean to other people. And the same is on the other side, right? Think about it on the folks that you're supervising and you're leading. They're sitting around at their desk all day, and if their plates are not super full, Perhaps they're really bored. Perhaps they're feeling not challenged at all. Perhaps they're considering maybe this isn't the job for me because no one trusts me to do anything. Until someone gives you a reason not to trust them, why not give them little tasks to start growing their legs under them and getting a little bit better at different things, having a better picture and a better feel for what goes on in the overall organization or your operation or whatever it is that you work on? Why not give them little opportunities to demonstrate that they are capable? It'll build their confidence in themselves. It'll build their trust in you because you are trusting them to do something and it'll help you build trust in them because you'll get to see more and more of their work. Now, some organizations, I've worked at places where literally you come in and it's completely the opposite. You get there and they dump everything on your plate right? They dump all kinds of activities, assuming that, well, you're going to sink or swim. Drinking from the fire hose. In government, it happens all the time. You walk into a new program and you are just inundated with all of the to-dos and you kind of have to muddle through. This works as well, but I do find that when you start dumping all of these things on a new person and then you get really frustrated because they're not doing them all in the manner in which you would like them to be done, where is the problem with that scenario? Is that because they couldn't come up with the right way to do it or is it because you didn't take the time to sit down and explain to them how it's done? Now, the first answer I'm sure you're thinking is, well, I don't have time to hand, hold somebody's hand all day every day to teach them how to write a paper or draft an email or create a slide deck or prep for a presentation or plan an agenda for a meeting. You don't have time to do that all day every day. I get that. But the more time you put in at the front end of the task and the more, dare I say, micromanaging that you are at the very beginning the more you're able to let that person run on the back end. So it may add to your plate at the beginning, but the more structured and organized and helpful you are to them and descriptive about exactly what it is your expectations are and monitoring what it is that they're doing, the better the product that they'll put out and the quicker you'll be able to leave them on their own to do it on their own. Obviously, this doesn't work for everybody, 
I'm sure we've all worked with someone that just doesn't get it. They're a different kind of writer. They're a, a different kind of planner. They're disorganized. They're scientific. They're too technical. They're too literal, whatever the reasons. There's obviously going to be exceptions to this rule where people just don't match our idea of how it is to do things, right? And again, that's one of those things where you will you will slowly or very quickly learn whether or not that's somebody that you can delegate certain tasks to because when you get them back, they're just completely botched and no matter how much micromanaging and checkup and follow through and explanation, they're just not getting it. So perhaps they're just looking at it from a different way. You could think about this in a manner and think, well, is their way just as efficient and just as productive, just as effective, but different, or are they messing up the whole process and this is just not going to work, right? It could be that maybe they're just coming at this with a fresh outlook, a fresh perspective that you hadn't considered, and it could still work. You might be a little uncomfortable with it because obviously change is not always comfortable, but does it still get the job done? Is it still a quality product? So that might be something to consider because, again, if we're doing something the same way for a long time and then we hand it off to someone and they do it just as well but they do it differently, that doesn't feel so good. It feels a little strange. You're not sure about how it's going to go over with everybody else. Is everybody going to feel a little uncomfortable about this? Is everybody going to like it more? Is everybody going to hate it? Is it going to be as effective? There's a lot of things to consider. But... You might also consider that perhaps they just do it a little bit differently than you, but the end result is the same. The end result is still the quality that you need it to be. And then there's the others that the quality is not there, they don't get it, they are not going to be able to do that task. You will pull your hair out over and over. You need to take a look at their skills and their strengths and what they're doing right in that process that you've offered them or developing that task and try to find tasks to put on their desk that they will excel at. Things that they can still take off your plate, but perhaps they're different things. Maybe they're not good at drafting an agenda, so you need to give them something more like a spreadsheet. Maybe they're more about numbers than about formatting and, and grammar. Not everyone thinks the same way we do, but they were hired for a reason, and in theory, they have strengths, skills, and talents that you can leverage. It's just a matter of tapping into the right ones and having them help you out in ways that are helpful to you. When I say micromanage, um, I cringe at that because I think that being micromanaged is exhausting. Micromanaging is exhausting. The whole process of that is exhausting. And back to my friend from the beginning, that was always the argument is I'm going to have to check everything that they write for months and months and months. I'm going to have to incrementally check on things and make sure because if they get too far down the, the lane, they're going to have to rework everything and walk it all back. And we're talking about highly technical stuff. So if they're not doing it in the right way, we're going to have a problem. I get that. I get that. And their their bandwidth was so stretched that they just didn't have any time to a dedicate the time to micromanage and to b to pick up the slack or correct the errors when they went wrong so it was just easier because they had such a finite period of time i do i get that but the more that we grow our staff and we grow our teams the easier our job will become 
Now, you may fill those free times with additional work, so maybe your job isn't going to get easier. It's just going to get the same busyness, but it's going to be different work that you're doing. But still, you're learning, you're growing, and you're, you're evolving your career, and you're also grooming this other person to take on more and more responsibility. And as leaders and managers, we should be wanting that for our employees. We should be wanting to help them grow and discover their talents and get better at what they're doing and learn new things. Keeping an eye on things in a very incremental process in the beginning of whatever it is we're passing on is key to both of our success, the person that you're delegating to and the delegator, okay? Because if you provide someone with a brand new task, say you want them to create a, a document of some sort, okay? They've never written this document. You let them know, hey, we've got other examples of them here, wherever you keep them in your repository online or hard copy, whatever it may be. Here are some former examples. Take a read through. Think about what it is that you're going to do. Model yours after this one. If you have questions, come and see me. Provide me an outline or a draft by such and such a date and time. We'll sit down, we'll walk through it, we'll talk about what's right, what's wrong, what needs to be tweaked. Perhaps the, the tone of the document sounds a little bit different, but it still hits the mark. The first time they write that document, think about them. It's a huge undertaking because they're not in your head. They don't know what it is that you want in there. They may read these other documents, but they have no idea how they came about. Maybe they don't know the whole backstory on why this document came around. So the philosophy of whatever it is that they're creating is lost on them. They're looking at a singulary document or an other Maybe even if they're looking at four or five examples, trying to piece together the mission and the objective of this document if it's not completely clear, right? So they're trying to, in essence, get inside your head and figure out exactly what it is that you want in this document because if they're creating a new one, it can't be exactly the same as whatever it is that they're using as a reference. So by you offering them time to meet back up, discuss the document if they have any questions, follow back up after they have an outline or a draft, follow back up after they have the next one. That first time is going to be very time consuming for both of you. And it will probably be a little bit frustrating because you may see some of the things that you have to provide as feedback as no brainers, but they're coming at this from a different perspective. So you have to take the time to talk them through the different things that you expect. And the more precise you can be and the more descriptive about the reasons why and any of the backstory, any of the details, any of the philosophies for why whatever it is you're creating is the way it needs to be, the easier it will be for them to adapt and incorporate that into whatever it is they're, they're providing. I recommend that you are very specific in milestones and deliverables through this process when you're starting somebody off on a new task. I'd like you to Take a look at these documents. Do you have time today? Great. I'd like you to read through all of them by 1 p.m. I'd like you to draft the outline or summary by 3 p.m. I'd like to meet with you at 4 p.m. I'd like to walk through my feedback to you, give it to you so that tomorrow morning when you get in here, you can start editing whatever you need to based on my feedback at the end of the day, and then we'll meet again tomorrow at 11. By being very specific, and again, Super labor intensive, right? You've got a busy day having to meet with them at four, then having to meet with them again tomorrow. Your calendar's already blown. 
it's very time consuming. But by being very prescriptive in what exactly it is your expectations are. One, you set a really good example that it's very structured, it's very organized. I am going to be here with you every step along the way of the process as you develop this document to give you support and feedback as needed. But also, I'm watching. I'm seeing that you're doing this. I'm paying attention to what it is that you're doing. And I'm going to make sure that we're both successful in this delegation process. If they have deadlines and things and they know that you're watching, it is an incentive for them to do their best because you are going to take the time to sit down and read through whatever it is that they're drafting for you. You are going to be available if they have questions or concerns or run into a problem. You're going to be available to them so that they recognize that, okay, this person may seem like they're micromanaging me, which is really exhausting, but on some level they're really taking the time to make sure to set me up for success here. They're going to be around in case I have questions. It's not a perfect process because obviously some of us really hate to be micromanaged and while we know in the back of our mind it needs to be done and we recognize that this is a good thing because we want to save our own time of rework and rework and rework because we haven't been micromanaged. We've just been sent off to go and do our own thing and try to figure it out without any kind of support. Sometimes that seems like it feels better, I know for me. I would prefer to just be sent off and done my own thing and I'll come back. But then when I get back and I've done something that has no bearing on what it is we're supposed to be doing and now I have to rework the whole thing and the person that I'm doing it for is frustrated and I'm frustrated, that's just not a good way to do things. And early on in my career, I didn't understand that. But as you get older and you you work through the process several times and you become a delegator as well as the person being delegated to, you learn to, on some level, I think, appreciate that process and understand and recognize that it does need to happen to save everybody some time and aggravation. Once the product's all done, if there's something else, repetition is a great way to learn, right? So once that product is done, if you have another document or something along the same lines that you can give them to do, have them do that one, have them do the next one, and do the same process until you're comfortable with giving them a little bit more rope, as they say, right? So maybe you just meet with them for the outline, and then you would meet with them two days later for the final draft for a few revisions before it goes out. Maybe you're comfortable with their writing, maybe you're comfortable with their their spreadsheet capabilities or their, their technical abilities, whatever it is that you're you're keeping an eye on, perhaps you become more and more comfortable with their level of skill at that. So you can set the milestones and the meet times fewer and fewer and far between. Eventually you can just say, hey, I need this by Friday. If you have any questions, come see me. And you won't have to do the check-ins and the editing and all of that. And you'll know that when you get the final product, yeah, maybe you'll have to read through it and, and have a a red pen for a couple of words, but the overall content and everything is fine. You're not rewriting whole sections and you're not changing their their information and you're not asking for references or, or whatever. You have now developed that person to be able to handle this task autonomously and it's taken it off your plate. So that's hours a week that you can devote to something else that you may be more interested in or be way behind in or something that your boss could use some help with and you could be helping them taking something off their plate to kind of set you ahead as well. So again, delegation can be an uncomfortable prospect, 
but it can also be super helpful to both the person being delegated to as they want to grow their skill set and their responsibilities, as well as taking things off our plate. And like I mentioned at the beginning, this happens both in the office and out of the office, right? How many things do you do around the house or in your own life that you could delegate to your your spouse or your kids or a friend or a family member? Perhaps there's things that you could take off your plate to free up some time to do other things that need to be done. Developing your capability to delegate and have others do work with you and for you is a such a beneficial tool in your career. And I'm not talking about just dumping all the work you don't like to do on the person you don't really like's desk, right? I'm talking about true delegation where you are trying to even out the work products that are being done across your team so that everybody has opportunities to shine, everybody has opportunities to work on things that they're really good at, and you're able to feel confident that you've developed those skills in those folks and helped them to advance and take things off of your plate. And as they move up through the chain and you move up through the chain, you've also demonstrated really good behavior to them. You set a really good example as a leader or a manager by delegating and being supportive through that process so that you kind of impart the concept to them that delegating is a good thing. Helping other people get better at what they are doing, freeing up their time and constantly kind of pushing down some of these things is a good thing because we all have to work our way up through the chain. And there are all different responsibilities that we pass through through our career that we outgrow and they need to be reassigned. And sometimes we really like them and we don't want to give them up because it might be the brainless things. It might be the easiest thing on our list and we can just do it and feel like we can check the box. But is it time that you need to be spending on that or is it time that you could be using on something that's more valuable, more important, or more productive for your career? So I hope that you are able to find some ways to take a few things off your plate as we get ready to to move into the new year and get more organized and free some time up. All right, before I say goodbye again this week, I just wanted to follow back around and make sure to remind you that starting in January, the new season, season two, will be called Building Your Best Career. So if for whatever reason you are not finding us under Not Your Ordinary Girl and your subscription for whatever reason is not automatically transferred, please look me up on Building Your Best Career or you can always look it up under Kelly Featheringham. That will never change. And resubscribe if you need to, drop some ratings and some stars so that we can move on up on the ratings chart for the podcast searchability. And I look forward to seeing you next week. Have a great day. All right. So thanks for tuning in to Not Your Ordinary Girl. I hope you enjoyed it. Head on over to notyourordinarygirl.com and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Feel free to drop me a note with any topics you'd like to hear about or feedback, and please go ahead and recommend it to your friends. Until next time, remember to always stand up and be confident, stand by all that you do and say with integrity, and stand out, because after all, there's only one you.